Many academic physicians have shared with me that writing grants or manuscripts is one of the major obstacles they're facing every day in their academic careers. And that is often because it's so hard to get started. Creating habits around your academic career goals is really a superior way to move manuscripts and even projects forward because habits are a powerful way to create massive productivity and actually decrease your stress level. But most academic physicians get stuck in this process because we are not really in the habit of actually doing this. So in this episode, I will share four practical steps to create winning writing habits to get your grants and manuscript written. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Academic Revolution podcast, where we are creating a movement to change the future of academic medicine forever. I'm Inga Hoffman, a Harvard-trained pediatric hematologist, oncologist, and a passionate leadership coach with over 20 years of experience in academic medicine. This is the first podcast for academic physicians that will show you how to achieve higher productivity, become an impactful leader, and create a highly successful career doing what you love without sacrificing your personal life. You and I know that the traditional system is broken, so it's time to say no to the old publish or perish mentality and say yes to lasting change. Join me as we transform academic medicine from the inside out, one physician at a time, starting right here with the Academic Revolution podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to the Academic Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Inga Hoffman, and today I want to continue on the theme that we started with the last episode, talking about successful academic writing. It's such a key concept in academia because largely our success as academic physicians, whether you're on a clinical track or in a research track, depends so much on your academic productivity and output, which is defined basically by manuscripts, grants, etc. So today we're going to tackle part two of this topic entitled Four Practical Steps to Create Winning Writing Habits to get your papers and manuscripts published. Again, this is from pillar number one of the Physician Success DNA Method, performance habits. Um, By the way, if you're new to the show and you're not sure what the physician success DNA method is or what the three core pillars of this method are, then you should go back to the first few episodes when I started this podcast and, and go back and listen to those because I explain everything there in detail, what performance habits are, to get your productivity up. We talk about leadership identity to help you with your leadership skill and development, as well as mastering your mind, which is pillar number three, mental mastery. So go back and tune into those. So with that said, let's dive right back in into writing habits. I really want to focus on habits for today because Most of what we do in life is based on habits. Some people say that up to 95% of our activities 
as well as thought processes, reactions, etc., are habit-based. And that's a really good thing because that means that a lot of what we're doing happens automatically and we don't have to think about it. That also means that sometimes there is a lot of bad habits we all have. But on the flip side, there's good habits you can implement to create more success in your life with less effort and more ease. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to give you some real practical steps to get in the habit of writing, which is so instrumental. Chances are, if you're an academic physician, you know that writing is really important. But a lot of times, it's really difficult to just find the time to get it done, right? You perhaps found yourself in a situation where you're like, I know I need to get this grant or this paper out the door or I need to write on this project. I just have a hard time trying to find the time to do it. By the time I'm finally sitting down, another interruption comes up and then we get pressed usually for time and eventually deadlines are in our face and stressing us out because It was just hard all along the way to find the time to do what was important, in this case, implementing a writing habit. So let's talk about the four ways, practical steps that you can implement to just get started on creating writing habits. And this lesson is less focused on habit theory and habit formation itself. I just want to get real practical and sort of down and dirty and give you something you can implement today. So get pen and paper ready if you're not driving. Um, Otherwise, again, I will put a link in the show notes for you to be able to download a little PDF workbook that goes along with this series of episodes around winning writing habits and grant writing, etc. Also, after I'm giving you those four practical steps, I know you're on the edge of your seat here, please stay all the way to the end because I want to share a couple bonus strategies that I felt like I should tag on to the end to really help you out here. So the first important practical tip I want to give you is number one, start small. Every time we want to create a new habit, And it's really important to start with something very tangible and small. Many people think, especially when it comes to writing, I need to have at least an hour or 90 minutes to make it worthwhile my time to get in the flow state of writing. And I used to be that person too that held on very strongly to the belief I need to block half a day, otherwise I'm not ever getting anything done when it comes to writing and I barely move the needle and make progress in a short amount of time because it took me a while to get into it. But I quickly learned then those half days or even couple hours that I wanted to write never come. So the question to you is then what is more important to wait for that magical half day to appear to write or to actually start with small writing habits and testing it out and see if it actually could work. So what I mean by short increments, perhaps start really small, become really practical and and do something that is doable. And that might mean for you that you're just sitting there for 15, 20 or 30 minutes of writing time to build stamina. 
you can always increase it over time. But it's really beneficial to start small and build up versus trying to have a big goal and never get started because something gets in the way. Now I know I already hear you say, but Inga, what am I going to write in 15 minutes? That is not enough time to make a dent on my manuscript. And I would just want to challenge that belief. Yes, it is probably harder to get in real flow state to write, especially if you're one of those people just like me. It takes a while to get in the state of writing. But let's be honest and be clear that a lot of times writing a manuscript or a paper or anything for that matter isn't just about the writing. There's a lot of prep work involved. Writing a manuscript or grant usually requires gathering other articles and references, building an EndNote library or whatever product you use to build your reference library. And all that takes time. But it, those kind of things can actually be done really well in a short time frame. So I highly encourage you, start with these small time frames of 15 to 30 minutes just to build stamina and to build the habit of actually writing and working on manuscripts or grants. So that's tip number one, start super small with a small time frame, do it consistently and you can always build up from there. It's much easier to do something 15 minutes every day than it is 90 minutes every day or to even 90 minutes twice a week. Number two, make use of things like the Pomodoro technique. If you don't know what Pomodoro uh, techniques are, these are basically intense sprints of focused work without disruption and short breaks between. So typically a lot of people do 25 minutes of focused work, meaning writing, then take a very short break, five minutes to stretch, walk around, take a zip of water or something, and then go right back into another session. And a lot of times people repeat this usually for about three cycles. I found this really beneficial because a lot of times it is actually more important to have these short recovery breaks to get your brain a brief break from the intense work, but then get right back into it versus keep on going at it because ultimately your brain capacity, your mental capacity is is kind of maxed out after an hour probably. And what will end up happening that we get more distracted and therefore less productive at that time. So breaks are equally as important as the actual work. So try it out and maybe you cannot do three sprints, like three cycles of 25 minutes work, five minutes off in a row. Well, then just start with one and again, build up based on that and then go to two or three cycles. I usually don't do more than three cycles, meaning a 90 minute stretch, but that is a really wonderful place to start. One other tip when you do that, really turn every other distraction off. Your phone should be away. There should be no other tabs open other than what you're working on, meaning your writing document. No email, no pager, no nothing. I mean, pager is sometimes a little hard to get rid of, but um, hopefully that won't go off in that writing stretch. But everything else, every other distraction must be removed. 
the only thing you do during this time, the 25 minutes is actually writing. So try it out. I used to do sessions all the time with my coaching clients. We came together as a group and we actually doing implementation sessions where we sit there, everybody brings their project and we work together. Number three is the philosophy of eating the frog first. You might have heard this term, eat the frog first. Let me explain. If writing is a hard thing for you, like it was for me, and still in many ways is, it's not my favorite thing to do, then it is so helpful to get these bigger things out of the way that are kind of hanging over your head as a mental block. So what do I mean by that? If possible, do this first thing in the day. Again, this works for a lot of people. It works really well. And it worked for me to help get the thing that I dreaded the most, meaning eating the frog, in this case, writing, out of the way first, relatively early in the morning, so that I had a huge win in the bank before lunch hit. And I knew I already had a huge accomplishment that day. And that felt so good. How you can do it practically I usually plan my day out every day. And what I used to do when I got in the habit of doing this and actually needed to write a lot, I had one sheet of paper and said on top, what is my big frog that I need to eat? What are my three frogs maybe? And when I'm going to do it and how am I going to get it done? And I would start perhaps with just one Pomodoro sequence where you write. That would be eating the frog first. So really helpful because we're easily getting bogged down in the little stuff. That getting the, the frog out of the way, the, the hard thing to swallow, the thing that you kind of don't want to do but you know you should be doing and just get it over with. I find it personally incredibly helpful and I've seen a lot of success with other people with that. And the last thing, number four, this is a little bit similar, but with a different angle, is take care of the big rocks first versus all the little items. Most of us physicians, especially if you're in academia and you juggle all these different responsibilities, there's about a gazillion things that we could add to our to-do list. And it becomes really challenging because we feel very satisfied to quickly do a lot of little things because we feel like, oh, great, I knock off all these little tasks on my list that are not very relevant, uh, meaning they are maybe important to some degree, but they're not really moving the needle. Now, you and I well know that what moves the academic needle is actually academic writing papers, manuscripts, etc. for your promotion. So that means do the important part, the big rocks first. And there's this beautiful illustration you might have heard at some point or seen, if not, Google it on YouTube or something and look it up, where just imagine a big glass vase or a big jar. And now you have a bunch of rocks and a bucket full of sand and you're trying to fit it all in there. Now, what would be the more efficient way to fit it all in there? It would be put the rocks in first and then pour the sand around it and then you would be able to fill up the bucket much easier. However, what most people do is we pour the sand in first 
and then trying to squeeze the rocks in on top of it and it just won't fit because the whole container vase bucket is already filled with sand the sand represents the little stuff the small stuff we do the numerous little to do things on our list versus the rocks present the actual needle moving activities so do the rocks first then the sand that is a bit like eating the frog except eating the frog has also this like ugh, i really uh, mental mindset around this because we don't want to do it okay so just to recap start small when you build writing habits 15 20 30 minutes to build stamina build up from there number two utilize things like the pomodoro technique to give your sprint focused time of work with short breaks in between and repeat those cycles Number three, eat the frog first. Do the uncomfortable stuff that you don't want to do so to get it out of the way and get a win in the bank. And number four, use the rock versus sand principle, meaning do the important things first that are needle moving activities and then worry about the small stuff. These are the four key tips I want to give you and you can implement, take one of those, implement them immediately. Again, fast action is key to success. I used to have a mentor that said the universe likes speed. What does that mean? The people who take fast action are those that actually create success really quickly. And my husband's a wonderful example of that. He's always a role model for me. He's like, a no-nonsense kind of guy and when he puts his mind to something he will get into action really quickly and I always admire that about him. Now I told you that I want to leave you with a couple bonus tips just because I think they fit well in here and they are important. Number one when we talk about all these habits I want you to really get in the habit and tracking those habits and activities. So let me give you an example. So maybe you want to start a small writing habit and start to write 15 minutes a day. In fact, I have a client who is working on that right now and that's what she came up with in a coaching session and I was like, hallelujah, because that is so speaking to me. And she decided, I wanna do it this way. I wanna start a small habit and build. So what you do, let's say you pick that as a habit for yourself then either use a habit app, a habit tracker app to check that off in your phone every day and go for a clean streak, meaning you literally do it every day. Or better to get off the tech and off the distraction, get a good old fashioned calendar, either a desk calendar or better a wall calendar that is right in front of your eyes. Every day you do that habit, put a big red X on that calendar day. And every day you do that and have that X there, that is a reassurance in front of you that you actually did it. That is data right in front of you that data doesn't lie. So if you see your clean streak with seven X's in a row, you're like, I'm golden. If there's an X here and there on your calendar, then you know that you're out of integrity, what you wanted to do, and there's something you need to work on. So number one, Again, track your habits. That's one of my bonus tips. And the other one I briefly mentioned, I think it's so valuable, especially for 
things that we all struggle in academia with, sometimes get a buddy and hold each other accountable. For some people, that works really well. So that's why I run implementation sessions to work together. That helps people a lot because we all come together with one common goal. We're going to get our whatever writing project moved forward and everybody buckles down on a call together and focuses and then you're accountable. It also provided automatically a scheduled time to do something. That doesn't mean that you necessarily have to work together. You're not really interacting. You're just coming together to do something together at the same time. You can do that. Find somebody at your institution or in your workplace and just be a writing buddy or now you can do it online. Just schedule a Zoom call with somebody and get to work. The alternative is having somebody, if you don't do it in sync at the same time, at least hold each other accountable. So important, so helpful. That's why I love to create communities to do that. But again, you can create that yourself. These are my strategies for today. I hope this served you really super practical We're going to probably do one or two more sessions on this where we maybe talk a bunch more about practical tips and then I want to get into one very important thing in one of the next session, which is talking about the mindset and the beliefs we often carry when it comes to writing and procrastination about writing. I can write a whole book about it because I struggled with this a lot. That's why I have a lot to share on this topic. So stay tuned for the next episode and talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Academic Revolution podcast today. If you've gotten value from today's episode, I would love for you to share it with your friends and colleagues and help create a movement that changes the future of academic medicine forever. Also, don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn and visit ingahoffman.com for more information on how to work with me. Links are in the show notes. Until then, be well and see you on the next episode of the Academic Revolution podcast. 